Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy or making effective changes to old practices. Your lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider a new resource. EduCom, a school-based mindfulness app available in English and French. The resource specialist assigned to help you with this task is Kaylee Lefko, teacher and co-founder. Welcome to another installment of the Meet the Resources series where I feature the educational equivalent of gecko gloves, smart contacts, or flute guns. Technology that has been created to make your impossible lessons actually possible. A reminder that Lesson Impossible receives no compensation for featuring resources. Just the satisfaction of knowing that somewhere a student might be more engaged in their learning, or a teacher might be able to leave work a little bit earlier. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners on another mini Meet a Resource episode. I'm really excited to talk to you about Educom, but if you don't mind just starting off and telling us who you are and what is Educom? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is great to connect with you and your audience today. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and I find them so useful, so it's fun to be here as a guest. Um, so to start off, my name is Kaylee Lefko. I'm a teacher and I'm the co-founder of Educom. Um, a little bit about how Educom started was early on in my teaching career, my uh, best friend and I, who's also a teacher, were noticing that it was a challenge to manage the stress that was coming with being a new teacher. So together we started kind of looking for ways to manage that. Um, and, you know, we tried out yoga, we tried, we would go to the gym together. Um, and then we discovered mindfulness. And we really found that this was a practice that was so easy to integrate into our daily routine. It didn't take up too much time. And for the amount of time that we were putting into it, what we were getting out of it was tenfold. So this daily practice of just paying attention to the present moment on purpose using a guided audio made it so easy for us to learn these skills that were helping us to reduce stress, to reduce anxiety, to be more in the moment. So we were more effective during the day. We were having to bring less work home because we were more focused during the day. Um, and we were just better able to manage the ups and downs of all the emotions that come with being a teacher in the classroom. So as teachers do, we went, wow, this has changed our lives so much. We should teach this to our students. <laughs> so we both became, <laughs> yeah, so we both became certified yoga instructors and really deepened our own practice, learned about teaching mindfulness to kids, um, really went in a deep dive into the study of what's happening in the brain. And I'm a science teacher, a biology teacher, so I get really excited about the science behind it. Um, and then we started doing this in our classroom. Of course, in the beginning, there were lots of things that were like, oh, that did not work. And then, okay, well, this worked a little bit better and we refined and refined until we kind of found like a formula that was working really well for both of us, where we were seeing huge results in our students. We were seeing our class was calmer. Our students were more ready to learn. The kindness and compassion in the classroom was growing. The sense of community in the classroom was growing. Everyone felt more just excited and happy to be 
coming into school each day. It just felt like this calm atmosphere that we loved being in. Um, so then our next thing was, okay, if this is making such a difference in our classrooms, this could be life-changing for teachers and students from around the world. We can't keep it to ourselves. Let's kind of package this formula that we've figured out that works for us into something really easy for teachers to use in their classrooms, no matter where they are in the world. So that's how Educom was born. We decided to create an online program that was ready to use, that required no prep, that required little time and gave teachers everything that they could possibly need to be able to integrate mindfulness into their classroom as a daily practice to improve their students' social-emotional learning, and to really set the tone for, for the day, to let everyone coming into the classroom who might have started their day stressed in a stressed state or feeling anxious or whatever big emotions they were feeling, it just gave gives everyone the chance to come back to a calm state and prepare their mind and body for a great day of learning. So, so that's Educom, your pre-packaged, completely ready to use mindfulness program. It's available in both French and English, which I think is amazing because I remember doing mindfulness with my French classes and we'd be doing it in English because I just couldn't really find any good resources in French. So this is Awesome. Yeah, well, that was exactly our experience. When we first started this in our classrooms, we kept, you know, we were spending hours searching for a guided mindfulness practice on YouTube that was in French because we both taught in a French immersion classroom, um, but that the French was, you know, not, it was something that was easy for our students to understand. The, the, the accent wasn't too thick. Um, and we were just struggling to find resources that fit. And then you'd finally find one recording that worked and, you know, use that recording to death and then the students are tired of it. And so we've decided that, you know, since we aren't able to find the resources that we need, and now we've just been teaching it in our own classrooms on our own because we couldn't find the resources. So we were creating these lessons to do with our students ourselves or these guided practices to do ourselves. Yeah, we were like, there's for sure other teachers that are in the same boat as us that are looking for a bilingual program and just can't find it because it doesn't exist. So let's be the ones to make it. <laughs> so who is your target audience in terms of age groups? Is it elementary, high school, all all ages? So we created a program because we wanted this program to not only be useful for students, but also be a, a learning opportunity for teachers. We wanted the teachers to be able to learn alongside their students so that they didn't have to go off and do all this training to become experts in, in it themselves. They could just get started right away and learn alongside their students. So our intention was to create a program that had language that was simple to understand at all ages without being babyish so that everyone could benefit. So our program is created for kindergarten to grade 12 classrooms. Um, Josiane teaches in elementary school and she's using this in her grade six classroom and I teach in high school. So I'm doing this in my grade 10 classroom and we have classrooms everywhere in between from kindergarten all the way to grade 12 using this. And so if I'm signing up for the Educom program, what does that look like in my class? Is it a commitment of 10 minutes every day or is it a whole class kind of thing? What does it look like? 
So what we learned through practicing mindfulness in our own classrooms was that shorter practices done more often is what was yielding results in our students. When we tried to do a 10 minute practice, that was just too long. And we ended up spending most of the time trying to do classroom management, getting them, convincing them to listen and follow along. So what was the sweet spot was two to five minute practices done on it as a daily part of the routine. Um, so that's what's in Educom classroom. You have two or five minute audio recordings that you play and listen to with your students. And then it's up to you what you want to do after that. I personally really like to do a morning meeting with my students right after the practice as a chance to check in with them, see how they're feeling that day, or maybe have a discussion about one of the themes that came up in the audios that day and talk about how they could apply that strategy to their real lives. Or, um, you know, if we're talking about emotions, maybe discussing, how different times that they've experienced different emotions, really just an opportunity to connect with my students, see where they're at that day so that I can teach from a space of supporting them through what their mental and emotional state is that day. And, and also these discussions help to deepen the learning and the understanding about the mindfulness practice. Um, lots of teachers really like to do this sort of meeting afterwards because, you know, morning meeting or a sharing circle because of the sense of community that they really get to build with their students, how they get to learn more about their students on individual levels and how they find that it really helps them to then um, be more effective in their teaching that day because they understand where their student's starting point is that day. So they're able to support them in the way that they need to. Um, so the two or five minute audio is the, the time commitment that you start with. And then it's up to you to go as deep as you'd like to go with it. We also have printables in our program. So in addition to the daily audios, you have a bunch of supporting resources that can help you to integrate what students are learning in these mindfulness practices into your regular teaching curriculum. So we have posters with vocabulary that they're learning in the audios um, that you can use as discussion prompts or writing prompts um, or, you know, vocabulary practice for those that are teaching in French immersion. A lot of French immersion teachers really like to use the posters to uh, work on vocabulary in French. We have student booklets that um, give writing prompts. We have projects. We have all sorts of ways that you can integrate what they're learning in the audios into your regular teaching curriculum. So you can use it in language courses. You can use it in your, in your health program. You can use it in your art, um, all sorts of things. But that is optional. We like to put that there because we're teachers too. So anytime we get an idea of like how we would like to use these themes in our own classrooms, we add it in there. But the two and five minute audios are really the core practice. That's the most important part of the program. How do you decide what is going to be part of the audio script? Like what does your decision making look like when you and Josiane get together? So we start off with a theme um, and we get a lot of feedback from our users. So we really consistently ask for feedback from our users on what they're liking about the program and maybe themes that they wish were in the program. And then we work on those themes and we add them in. Um, so for example, we had a bunch of teachers telling us that, you know, students are really struggling with self-confidence. We would love to have a theme in here about self-confidence. So 
Josiane and I start with a brainstorm. Okay, what have we learned through mindfulness um, and through our own personal development that has helped us to gain confidence? And how could this look as a unit of study? Um, as teachers, we're always looking for those learning outcomes. So in every script that we build, we have a learning outcome for that script. So by the end of this practice, this is what we want the student to walk away with, to have learned, to have gained. Um, and then we build a script really based on what comes naturally to us. Um, we both love writing these scripts. It just kind of flows naturally from our creativity. So we go with that. And then we um, edit it down to make sure that it fits within the two or five minute length. Um, and we also have a very specific structure within the audios that we stick to, to make it easy for, for students to get the routine and kind of know what the flow of the practice is going to always be. So we always open in the same way and close in the same way to keep that consistency throughout. Um, we're also always in each unit, we have five audios. So we're also considering how are we building on the learning? So the audios are meant to be used. Either you can listen to audio one on Monday, audio two on Tuesday, and then you know move to audio five throughout the week. And then you restart those audios the following week. Or you can listen to audio one for a full week and then move on to audio two for a full week. So each unit is meant to be used for a month at a time. And we're really working on building the understanding, building the skills throughout that month in, in a deep way. What do you do? Do you do the, the same one all week or do you do the progression? Um, I teach in high school and I find with the older kids, I have between Josiane and I, we've both taught from, uh, or grade one all the way to grade 12. <laughs> so we've oh, wow. noticed, yeah. So Josiane's been mostly in elementary school. I've been mostly in middle school and high school. So between the two of us, we kind of, we've noticed that around the grade four, five, six age group is when you're going to switch up how you're doing this. So anyone grade in those like four, five, six, that's really up to the teacher's discretion based on that group of students that they have. Um, cause you know, there's definitely changes in, in maturity and things like that around those ages. So around that age and lower, the best way to do it is to listen to audio one for a whole week and then audio two for a whole week. So that really helps that repetition is really important at those younger ages. And then when you get to like grade six and up, then I always stick with number one on Monday, number two on Tuesday. That being said, sometimes there'll be one audio that like, just, I can see that my students really gained a lot from it. And sometimes it's worth repeating the next day again, just because I could see that they really connected to it. Um, so I kind of have a structure. I do the Monday to Friday, but then I'll mix it up sometimes too. <laughs> do you ever get criticism being like, well, that is five minutes of key content that you've just taken away from your students. Like, how do you respond to teachers that feel that maybe mindfulness or anything that isn't directly related to learning outcomes has no place in the classroom? Well, the interesting thing is we've actually had our program evaluated by a third party um, where they were checking to see, you know, what the outcomes were of this program. And we surveyed our users and asked them how using the Educom Classroom program uh, affects their time in the classroom. 
And I kid you not, 100% of the teachers told us that Educom gives them more time in their day because students become more focused and they're so much more ready to learn. And also throughout the school year, they build these amazing strategies for being able to return to calm more quickly, being able to manage their emotions, being able to manage conflicts in a healthier way. So, you know, those little things that take your time, like in elementary school where you have students coming in after recess and there's conflicts and you're helping them resolve their conflicts, things like that are drastically reduced because your students have these this understanding they've developed these strategies for managing emotions. So when they come in the classroom after recess and they're in a heightened state with their emotions and you can start by saying, okay, before we talk about this conflict, let's do a five finger breathing strategy and then see how we feel. And then you take 60 seconds to breathe with your students and all of a sudden the problem's gone. (laughs) They've just (laughs) regulated their emotion and then they can see clearly and realize, you know what, that actually wasn't a big deal. So you can jump right back into teaching. So um, whenever people question whether this is worth the time in the classroom, I really like to refer to the fact that when we can take the time to get our students' brains and bodies ready for learning first and then start teaching, we can go so much farther and so much faster. It's like a warm up for our brain. You know, an athlete is always going to warm up before they go and do their event because that's going to make them perform better. And the same is true here. So that warm up of the brain is not wasted time. It's turning the brain on. A stressed brain cannot learn. (laughs) All the things that are important for learning get turned off when a student is stressed or in that heightened, anxious state. So there's no point teaching a brain that is turned off. So let's take two to five minutes to get everyone ready to learn, and then we can make so much more progress. And for older kids who maybe are a little bit skeptical or worried about looking cool, have you had any issues where kids maybe don't buy in right away? And what are your strategies for getting them to buy in? So one thing that I've noticed with this program and mindfulness in general is teachers have a lot of fear about students not buying in right away. Um, And I challenge teachers that are worried about this to think of anything you do in the classroom. You know, if you're doing a math lesson, do all the kids buy in right away? In gym class, are all the kids buying in right away? In science class, are all the kids buying in right away? No, there's always going to be some that feel really drawn to it and are excited about it and jump right in. And, you know, that's easy. And then there's always going to be the ones that aren't quite sure right away or feel a little awkward and that's okay. So as the teacher, the best thing you can do is try to coach them through it. What is it that's making you not enjoy the practice or feel awkward about the practice? And how can I help you to overcome this challenge? Um, So really having discussions with your students And like I said, in my classroom, I always do the guided practice and then we do a classroom discussion. So within that classroom discussion, um, a lot of the challenges that students might be feeling will come up or maybe there'll be a student that'll say, that was boring. I didn't like doing that. And, And really validating their experience is so important. So if your student is saying, I didn't like that, it was boring can say, yeah, sitting still and listening to a guided audio where they're asking you to pay attention to how your feet feel and then how your legs feel is kind of weird and is kind of boring. That's all right. It's okay to feel that way. That's your feelings and it's valid. Thanks for sharing. 
And when you give students this ability to just share how they're feeling, and then you allow them to have those feelings, which is really what mindfulness is, is recognizing our feelings and not judging them, allowing them to be there, and then seeing what they can teach you. So when we give our students the chance to do that, then it feels like they have less pressure on them to love this practice, and they can just experience it without expectations. Now, in that discussion that I have with my students, a lot of times I'll like to ask the question, not every day, but, you know, here and there. So how is what you're learning in this mindfulness practice helping you in your real life? Or how could you apply what you learned today in your real life? And when we start talking about how this can help them to fall asleep easier at night or how this is giving them strategies to manage their anger um, when they're fighting with a sibling or how this is giving them strategies to manage their anxiety before a test, um, helping them to see how this is useful in their real life and this practice is to support them in their life um, really helps them to kind of buy in and understand why it's important. And sharing stories from your own life too. I really like to talk about my own feelings, <laughs> the things that I'm struggling with in a child appropriate way. You know, I'm not totally opening up my heart to explaining everything, but on a surface level, you know, I had a stressful morning this morning and that breathing practice really helped me to feel more calm. And, and now I'm feeling more ready to be the best version of myself for you guys. So I'm glad that we took this time just to be quiet together um, can be really helpful. <laughs> I really like that idea of, yeah, not everybody buys in because I think a lot of the times when we as teachers are nervous about starting something new, the kids pick up on that and we're like hyper aware of any not compliant behavior or any eye rolls where, you know, I totally do stuff with my students where like I dress up as a medieval nun for the day as we do our monastery, monastery, um, lesson. And my kids roll their eyes at me because Ms. Levin's wearing another costume, but I'm fine with that because that's the lesson I love to do. But when they roll their eyes, when I'm trying something new, like mindfulness, I'm like, oh no, this is a failure. This is awful. They can't, well, no, kids roll their eyes at a lot of things. You just keep going. <laughs> That's so true. And your story that you just shared, I hear those types of stories all the time. Teachers are so worried about something not being perfect the first time. And a lot of teachers will try it once and then give up. But if it doesn't seem like, oh, that was perfect the first time, but nothing in the classroom goes perfect the first time. Even the perfect lesson isn't perfect with every single group. It's in the classroom. We are constantly faced with like failure. We're constantly faced with things that we thought was going to work and didn't work quite like we thought. And so we redirected and, and then we, we used our professional strategies to give students the tools that they need to be able to have more success. And we adapt for different students, you know? So if I'm adapting for my for student X um, <laughs> in math, well, I can adapt for them in mindfulness too. Um, I can set the stage and give them all the tools and the supports they need to have success. So if that means that some students are walking around during the mindfulness practice um, within specific expectations, then that's great. If some kids are sitting up, others are lying down, that's great. Whatever helps you to help your students to have the most success is what's important. For a high school where kids have multiple classes per day, 
is it beneficial? Like if a school is looking to implement this, would it be beneficial to do it in the first class of the day? Or is this something that could be a starter for the beginning of every class throughout the day? I would say that the formal mindfulness practice, the one where you're listening to the audio, once, maybe twice a day is probably perfect. Um, With high school students, if they're going to be listening to the same audio at the beginning of every single class, they're probably going to start getting tired of it. Um, So what I like to suggest is that the school plan it so that there's a specific time a day where everyone is doing it together. So maybe everyone is doing it right after morning announcements, you know, in each individual classroom, everyone's listening to the guided audio with whichever students they have during that period. And then you're good for the day, or maybe you do it again in the afternoon to make sure that students that maybe weren't there during period A still have the opportunity to do it in the afternoon. That's great. Um, The way that I did it at my school this year, I'm at a new school and my, my team of grade 10 science teachers were all excited about doing this mindfulness practice. When I told them I was going to be doing it, they were like, yeah, we want to do it too. So in this way, since we're all teaching the same course, but to different groups, we do it whenever we teach those groups. It's not always during the same block, but this way, by the end of the day, all the grade 10 students have had the chance to listen to this guided audio. So It's really up to the team to figure out what is the best fit for them. But once you're listening to the audios, the thing is students are going to be learning skills and breathing strategies and um, ways of thinking about things and looking at things that once they have those skills, those can be used in, you know, a little one minute transition time throughout the day. So students that are learning, you know, during block A every day in the morning, everyone's listening to it and they've learned five finger breathing. Well, now during block C, if the teacher is finding, wow, my group is really rambunctious right now, we need to calm down and refocus, then that teacher can say, hey, let's do a five finger breathing practice before we get started. So it's not a full practice, but it's about 60 seconds of returning to calm. Or even, you know, mid-class, all of a sudden, the students are getting a little sleepy. Okay, let's stand up and do a sun breathing practice to give us a bit more energy, give us ourselves a brain and body break before we move into this next portion of the class. So these little skills can be brought in in these shorter segments throughout the day whenever it's needed. And so you offer individual teacher licenses as well as whole school or district licenses. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah. So the way that our model works is that um, our pricing is based on how many teachers sign up. So when one teacher signs up, they're getting their login credentials for their member zone on our website. Um, Then once five teachers or more from one school want to sign up together, then we offer a 10% discount um, to help reduce the price at the school level. So whichever model you jump in on, it's the same function on the website in that each teacher gets their own sign-in credentials. You sign into the website and you have your own member zone. So you can choose your favorites. Um, That'll go into your favorites. You sign in, you sign out. Um, So it's yours to use however you want with as many students as you work with. So if you are a resource teacher and you work with all the grade eights in your school, 
well, then you can use that in any classroom that you go into with any students that you work with, as long as you're the member membership holder, as long as it's your member zone that you're signing into. So teachers can try a free trial and just get a sense of like, yeah, is this something that fits with what I want to do? Exactly. So the way that we've kind of set up that um, free trial version is what that free trial does is it gives you um, your own login credentials and you get access to the first theme in our program. So that theme is called Start Here. So you'll know when you log in, (laughs) go to the Start Here (laughs) theme. Very clear. (laughs) And then within there, you're going to have a section that gives you resources as the teacher to, um, there's a video that you can learn how to implement this in your classroom. There's um, a pre-made email template that you can use if you want to share how that you're going to be using Educom Classroom with parents. If you want to know like what language to use to explain what this program is to parents or to administrators. Um, So we have kind of a bunch of like goodies in there for the teacher to help you get started. And then we also have the first unit of our program for you to use with your students. So that includes two minute, five two-minute audios and five five-minute audios, and then a bunch of printables, so activities that you can do in the class, um, student booklets, things like that. So it gives you a really good taste and sense of what is in the 12-month subscription. So once you um, get a subscription uh, membership for those 12 months, you gain access to the entire library of all of the resources that are in Educom Classroom for 12 months. And so what can teachers do if they want to sign up right away or do the field free trial? Where should they go? Best place to go is our website, www.educalm.com. So that's spelled E-D-U-C-A-L-M-E. Dot com. And then from there, you'll be able to find everything. You'll be able to see there's a big button that tells you to sign up for the free trial. There's a button for you to, um, to sign up for the full membership. There's information on the program. And then you can also find trainings that we have. And you can find our, um, our podcast as well. So that can be a very useful resource as well. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for talking to me and the listeners today. This is fantastic. I knew when I was still in the classroom that I wanted to do mindfulness, but I did it in such fits and starts. And I I felt like, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? And just having a program like this that's so well thought out, I think is just going to make so many teachers just like, ah, one less thing to be stressed about. Knowing that they're doing a good thing for their kids at the same time is also amazing. Thank you so much for developing this. You are welcome. We developed it for all the reasons that you just said, you know, teachers have a lot on their plates. They know that social emotional learning is important. They know that it would help both them and their students. But to add one more thing to develop and to create onto your plate is just, it's too much. And so oftentimes we sort of give up, not because we don't think it's important, but because we just don't have enough time in the day. So with Educalm, our intention is to take something off of your plate, give you a resource that helps you to feel good and supports your students as well. And it's going to give you time back in the day, which is awesome. We can always use more time as teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. (laughs) 
This episode will not self-destruct in five seconds, but will remain available on your preferred podcasting platform. Lesson Impossible is proud to be one of the many amazing school rubric podcasts. Links to resources or people we mentioned and information in general about the podcast can be found at LessonImpossible.com. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help other listeners discover it by rating and reviewing on iTunes, forwarding it to a colleague, or posting a link in your favorite educational chat. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.